Hello, welcome to the Mad Dog EDC podcast. I'm your host, Mad Dog Reed Brown. Here's where tools, knives, and other EDC gear come to meet their fate. Here they must endure cold, heat, mud, dirt, water, grit and grime, and other environments in the landscape and irrigation industry. A world known for its brutal nature on tools, gear, and mankind himself. Thanks for stopping by the porch. Come sit in the shade and let's talk Mad Dog EDC. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Mad Dog EDC podcast. I am so sorry that I am late getting another episode out. I've had some scheduling conflicts and trying to get some of the uh, next episodes uh, ready to go and uh, recorded. So we're going to be just you and me this evening. We're going to talk about uh, my personal EDC, kind of uh, my philosophy of use, um, kind of what I carry, when I carry. Uh, We'll talk about my work EDC. We'll talk about my uh, casual in current dress EDC, why I choose what I carry, how I choose it. We'll talk about my favorite brands. We'll talk about uh, my favorite uh, pieces, EDC items. And then, uh, of course, what I'm carrying on me right now and uh, what coffee I'm drinking. And then another fun little game that uh, I think will be quite interesting. I got the idea from a YouTube channel. We'll talk about that when we get there. So for right now, my current work EDC. My current work EDC kind of, it is industry specific. Um, I am an irrigation repair technician. Uh, Pretty much all I do is irrigation repair. And in that, I have a uh, set EDC that I carry throughout the day. Now, um, some of those items are going to change. Um depending on what knife I choose to carry at the time or what multi-tool, but your basic categories are going to be the same. But I also still try to stay active in my family landscape business. So I'm um, oftentimes helping my father and my brother-in-law in landscaping and lawn maintenance. So things will change up a little bit according to that. But uh, so for right now, for irrigation, what does it look like when I get ready during the morning? We'll start out with the belt. Or, you know, let's, let's, let's change it up. Let's, let's go all the way down. What is my work? What do I choose to work in? Um, I am working on changing everything over to Wrangler jeans. Um, the old 13 MZWs, just a standard old boot cut, original cowboy cut Wranglers. Um, going to be working slowly towards those. I've got some other Wrangler cargo pants that I actually found at Walmart. These things are almost bulletproof. Like they aren't hardly showing anywhere at all. And that's kind of strange for, uh, for this industry to have them go, you know, I've probably, I bought these things right after I started in August of last year. And so, you know, I've got a couple months wear on these things and, they're not really even showing anything, so I'm really wor- wanting to wear those out before I before I totally change over my wardrobe. But um, I've got some Blue Ridge pants that come from Tractor Supply. I'm not really happy with those. The gusset on those is a little weird. Um, and in those Wrangler cargos, like I said, from Walmart, that are just they're ripstop. They're they're like bomb proof. And, uh, so that's what I'm wearing right now, but I am wanting to move over to just standard old classic Wranglers. 
Um, it's what I'm starting to wear to church on Sundays now, believe it or not, and Wednesday nights. And so when a pair of those starts getting too worn down and too faded to wear for my Sunday jeans, they'll be relished over to the work jeans. And then for shirts, um, I've scored some big hits recently at the thrift stores. I found some Columbia PFG fishing shirts like the U. The UV protection, like the nice quick dry fishing shirts, brand spanking new at $9 a piece. So I'm really, really liking those shirts. Uh, the tall um, sizes, they stay tucked in very well throughout the day. So that's that's working out really well for me. So that's what I'm wearing there. On top of my head right now is an Akubra Territory. Um. It's kind of a, a heritage hat for me, uh, being uh, being part Australian. Um, that's just kind of the classic Australian hat right there. So I wear the Territory. I grew up wearing the Snowy River, but because the Territory has a little bit wider brim, I think it's about a four and a half inch brim all the way around. So it's kind of my own personal shade, if you will. Uh, it keeps the keeps the sun. It keeps the rain off of me. Um, so that's that there as far as sunglasses, safety glasses. Um, I'm just wearing ones that I don't even remember what the brand is now. It's just ones I've got at the local hardware store. They're they're really good. They fit very well. They look good, but they are OSHA approved safety glasses. So hanging out with those. Um, my belt is, of course, the core essentials. Uh, I've got the nylon webbing gun belt that I wear for work. And let me tell you something. I had those neck neck belts and it wasn't long before my neck belt started shredding and tearing up. And less than a year later, I had to message them because the sheathing on the outside of the belt was gone. It was peeling. It was destroyed. So messaged them. They sent me a new strap. Within three weeks of wearing that new strap, it was already starting to show wear. So those things had to be kicked to the curb. Now I'm probably about six months, I think it is, maybe a little bit more on my core belts. I'd have to go let back and look at the dates. I should have done that before I started recording, but I'd have to go back and look at the dates and see. But I'm, I'm a minimum of six months in on my core belts. And uh, guys, I'm not showing anywhere whatsoever. Now, when I say that, you know how a good belt is always going to get that little pinch spot right at the back belt loop. I've got that showing on my core belt. It's just a little divot. It's nothing major, but uh, there is that little bit of deformation there. Um, a good quality leather belt would do it as well in a heartbeat. So I'm not knocking the core belt because of that at all. But uh, that's about the only thing I've got. Now, I do take the buckle off and on sometimes. Um, to move a sheath in and out on my left-hand side or to swap out buckles. And so right where those teeth dig in, there is a little bit of uh, some picking where the nylon is starting to fluff, if you will. But um, beyond that, that's that's really it. And these things are facing the exact same things that the next belts did, but they are just holding up. 
and something really exciting. I've got to get everything scheduled with them as well, but uh, Core Belts is going to be on the podcast coming up in the next couple weeks. So I'm very excited. I'm going to do a podcast dedicated straight to the Core Belt as one of my gear episodes. And then the week following that, we'll have one of the core guys on to talk to us about the company and uh, talk to us about the products that they offer. So looking forward to that. Take me a sip of this coffee here. Uh, so that's the pants, that's the shirt, that's the hat, that's the sunglasses, that's the belt. On my left-hand side of the belt, let's go ahead and start that way around. I'm wearing, I've got a skint solutions xl guys if you haven't checked out eric's products skin skint solutions.com s-k-i-n-t-h solutions.com he's got some fantastic sheaths on there and uh i've got a trailblazer that's being made right now so i'm really excited about that so uh i plan to move my the contents of my xl into that and then uh, some other things out of my pocket into that, as well as my Maxpedition Micro EDC pouch. That's all going to be dumped into that one on my belt. So I'm pretty excited about slimming uh, three areas down into one. But right now it's the uh, Skinth XL. And in that, that holds my Surge, Leatherman Surge, two bit kits uh, inside it. And then on one of the outside pockets, I've got the... Leatherman ratchet bit extender. Um, that's about all that I can fit in there. Now, sometimes when I do switch up my multi-tools, my Gerber MP600 bladeless barely fits into that, but it does. So that's uh, uh, that. My signal, of course, does really well in there. And if I'm killing, carrying the Skeletool, then I, I don't even really put it in the sheath. That just goes right on my pocket. Um, and I do carry that depending upon what day, you know, just kind of what I think I'm going to be doing that day. Uh, if I know it's all going to be light duty stuff, I'll, I'll drop that skeletal in there just because I like carrying it. Now I've got two different ones. Um, the one that I carry for work is the skeletal topo designs. That's the clown tool, the red, the yellow, the blue, um, that real funny looking design that came out, man. I just absolutely love that skeletal. So. If I'm uh, doing a light duty day, that's going to come out. Medium duty day, my coyote signal is going to go in the sheath. And then a heavy duty day where I know I'm going to have some major stuff to do, uh, a surge is going to happen right now. I've got two surges that are going through surgery <laughs> over at uh, Scott Terry's. They should be on their way back to me soon. Uh, so right now I'm just carrying my stainless steel tribute surge, but I do have a standard black oxide and then a coyote Cerakote black oxide um, surge as well. So looking forward to getting those back and getting those into rotation. Um, so that's on the left-hand belt. Let's go down into the left-hand front pocket. There you'll find my Nipex Cobras 125s. That's self-explanatory. You know, everybody needs to EDC either the 100s or the 125s. I mean... If you're not carrying them and you're in a uh, maintenance field, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> I don't, I, what are you doing? I don't get it. Uh, they'll grip, they'll far out grip any multi-tool. Um, they're extremely useful. They saved my neck so many times when I was a diesel mechanic. I overpaid. I paid 40 bucks for them off a snap-on truck. Um, 
It's before I realized you could get them off of Amazon uh, for about 30 if you catch them on the right sale, 35 normally, I think it is. But um, typical snap-on, right? But, uh, man, I'd pay it again in a heartbeat, I can tell you that. I've given them this. My, my dad used to give me a hard time about carrying them all the time, you know. But he didn't hesitate to borrow them. So I, one Father's Day, I gave him a pair of those, and they've worked their way into his current EDC, and he doesn't go anywhere without them either. So in that pocket, along with the Nipex Cobras, I've got a Hunter Irrigation uh, Sprinkler Adjustment Key. And that's not just a white plastic one, if you know what I'm talking about. Uh, standard, there's just a white plastic with a, a small Allen key on the end of it. Well, this one's brass. It was a promotional item that they put out for a while and uh, managed to get my hands on one. So I've got that brass sprinkler irrigation key on there. Being with irrigation, I'm constantly stripping wires and constantly dealing with connections. So I've got a Leatherman Squirt ES4. They're a little squirt wire stripper. That thing comes in handy, let me tell you. In my main tool bag, um, which is a uh, Vito Pro Pack, um, it's a number three. I don't remember the letters that go before it now, but I carry a uh, Milwaukee wire stripper in there and then also one of those... Uh, plier-based ones that when you squeeze it down, it pinches on the wire, it cuts the insulation, and it pulls the insulation off. Um, I carry both of those in my Vito pack, but in my pocket, I carry the ES4. Uh, my challenge coin, right now it's mainly my Mad Dog group coin, but every once in a while, throw that basement bench, basement bench, either Gen 1 or Gen 2 in there. And then uh, I've also got a Tesseract tactical coin that I can throw in there as well. But uh, most of the time, it's my Mad Dog EDC coin that I put in there. Um, Zippo. I don't know if y'all, how many realize this, but years and years and years ago, Zippo actually made a short, a little small six-foot tape measure. It's, it's about the size of the bottom of a Zippo lighter. You know, if you flip open the top, that part that the lighter itself sits down in, that's about the size of this six-foot tape measure. Absolutely love it. Measure twice, cut once. It is extremely handy when you're trying to size a pipe down in a hole and you got to get it just right. I love that tape measure. It's perfect down in there. So uh, other odds and ends throughout the day will end up in that pocket, but that's uh, pretty much what happens there. Um, like I said, sometimes I will slip the Leatherman Skeletool into that if I'm carrying that multi-tool that day. Um, moving around to the left rear pocket, that's where you're going to find my microfiber Hank, whether it's a Terry Hank or the one from, um, Mr. Anthony, or whether it's the one that mad dog Hank that I just got recently. Yeah, that's where you're going to find the, uh, microfiber Hank and my Maxpedition micro wallet bifold is going to find its way in there as well. Flip it on around to the right-hand rear pocket. My flashlight of choice is going to slide in that pocket, whether it be the Streamlight Wedge or the Streamlight Protac 90X. Uh, both of those are fantastic lights. I can't really tell you which one is my favorite at this time. I really like that Protac 90X. Um, it's extremely handy. I can clip it. And being a nine, um, like my shirt or a jacket or something like that, and being at 90 degree angle, it works great. 
I can put it on my, the bill of my cap and shine it straight down. It works really good. I love that when I'm out on a fire department call, but that compact slim line of that wedge, that wedge is a fantastic EDC light. It is hard to beat. Let me tell you the Protax in black, of course, but then the wedge is in coyote tan or the coyote Brown. Um, love that light. So kind of hard to tell which one, if I had to choose one, I'd probably end up going with the ProTac just because I'm able to use it on the fire scene as well. Not that I don't have other lights and such with the fire department, but if I'm out on like a medical call or I'm going to an MVA or something like that, it's, you know, and I don't have all of my gear with me. Um, like I'm waiting on somebody to bring a truck and cause I'm assistant chief and every once in a while I'll just go to the scene, um, in a POV or personally operated vehicle personnel operated vehicle um so i'll end up just in my own vehicle and so <clears throat> that protac comes in handy so yeah this is probably the one i'd end up going with if i had to choose one but that's gonna that's gonna go all the way up in the outside right hand of that right hand rear pocket my uh, red handkerchief just a good old red bandana is gonna go back there a pack of a travel pack of disposable toilet seat covers. Um, I know that sounds funny, but in and out of public restrooms and such throughout the day, man, some of those things are just nasty. So I like to carry those. They don't take up any room in your back pocket, so why not? And I also have a Crossways ESV pocket New Testament that I'll carry in there depending on the day. If I know I'm, if I know I'm going to get just nasty and wet and all that, I probably won't slip that in there. But uh, otherwise, that's going in there too. So, bringing it around, oh, just above that, um, right there at that on the uh, rear side of that next belt loop is going to be my Maxpedition five-inch phone holder, um, which, by the way, does hold a Samsung twenty-three Ultra pretty well. You're not going to get the strap to snap over the top of it. But the phone itself stays down in that elastic pouch. doesn't move. I haven't had it come out. I've run. I've done a whole bunch of activities since I've had this phone. Um, been on a couple of fire department calls and such with it. And haven't had any issues with it coming out or squirting out of it. So I think it's pretty solid. It works well. Then thread the belt in through that belt loop. And then that's where the fixed blade knife sheath is going to go on. Now, whether it be that uh, massive Tesseract uh, fixed blade that I've been carrying and using for a while, or whether it be the Gerber strong arm, either way, that's going to go there. Both of those are uh, attached by a tech lock. The strong arm has a full-size tech lock, whereas the other one has just a half-size tech lock. Now, here's where things start to vary. When I said I do landscaping sometimes, I will go back to that, uh, what was it, uh, Elite Spanker or something like that, um, Molly drop leg platform off of eBay, off of Amazon. I think I paid $13 for that thing, but it is held up well. Put the belt through that. It's got a big side release buckle there. And then it's got the two panel or the Molly panel, but it's two strips. And I had Kenny Hahn over at Hahn Tactical Solutions build me a pancake system for my strong arm. 
And then over the top of the strong arm sheath, I have another Kydex sheath that I can do for my Leatherman signal if I'm going out camping, bushcrafting, things like that. Or I can take that off and I have another pancake modular one that snaps, that goes over the top of it for my Leatherman hybrids, my hand pruners. So if I'm going back on the landscape crew, maintenance crew for a day or so, I'm going to switch to that rig and I'm going to put my hybrids in on top of the Gerber. Uh, so that's going to, that's how that changes up. Otherwise, the Gerber strong arm goes in the sheath that Kenny Hahn made for me. Um, Here's something weird. I like to carry my fixed blades with the blade pointed forward. So the sharpened edge pointing forward. Uh, it's a little different than what most people would. And usually your edge carries backwards, but nope, I like it forwards. When I pull it out, I want that blade ready to go. If I'm digging around something and chiseling around something, I want that leading edge to be cutting into it. So when I pull it out, I'm, you know, Rather than flipping the knife around and all that, I just pull it out and I'm ready to go. You know, um, when I pull it out and I'm cutting something, it's, you know, I might have to spin it around, but most of the time it's right for me. So I like that blade edge going forward. And if I ever have to use the thing in self-defense, I can whip that thing out and uh, I can still have it like a fighting stance with both fists up and that blade protruding down out of my wrist, but the blade is pointed forward. So if I make a swipe, the cutting edge is already facing forward. And if I pull back for a stab, well, it's got a sharpened tip, right? So it's good to go. Same thing for the uh, other fixed blade I carry as well. So that's how that goes. Move on down to the right front pocket. That's where the pocket knife of choice for the day is going to go right now because it is a uh, hashtag forget normal carry uh, challenge on basement, basement bench brand Facebook group. Um, I'm carrying the Tesseract Tactical NF1, complete with lanyard and bead from Basement Bench and Kylie's Lanyards for Life. Got to go check those guys out if you haven't already on Facebook. Shout out to Casey McKenzie and Kylie McKenzie for the great work that they do and for the great friendship that Casey and I have developed over the past several months of working together and building these things together. So I appreciate the work you do very much, brother. That's generally the pocket knife I'm going to carry. Uh, sometimes it's my ZT0095 tan black sprint run. Uh, the Spyderco smock finds its way in my pocket a lot, as does the Cold Steel AD15. That's a beast of a knife right there, so hard to, uh, hard to argue with that setup. Does very well for me. Uh, most of them, or one is S30, that's a smock. The Cold Steel and the NF1 are S35, and in the 0095 is an S90B blade. Um, that Tesseract uh, fixed blade is D2, whereas my Gerber Strong Arm, of course, is 420HC. And then down in that pocket, I carry a Bic uh, aluminum cover with a mini Bic lighter in it. It operates just like it does. Um, just kind of flips up and then you have to activate the, the Bic lighter just like you normally would. My custom Mad Dog patch goes in that pocket. And by custom, I mean I took the Velcro off the back of it and I just carry it in my pocket just for the fun of it. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much all that goes in that pocket there. If I get any change throughout the day, then obviously change is going to go in that pocket. But that's, that's pretty much it. Going down to the boots. 
Um, I have some eight inch tall builder pros, uh, with a medium high sole to them made by Nick's Pacific, uh, out there in the Pacific Northwest, Nick's hand boots, handmade boots. I've had these things since October. And so what are we at now? October, November, December, January, February, March, into March from five months on these things. Guys, normally by three months, four months, I'm looking at a new pair of boots. That's even with $200 pair of boots, okay? I'm looking at buying a new pair of boots. I will stretch them out to six months just because I don't want to pay like that, you know? But these boots I've got from Nick's, they're $550 boots. Large investment. I understand. I get it. I know how hard it was for me to be able to pay it. Um, I don't know if I if uh, he really wants me to say this or not, but uh, my, my buddy Manny helped me out a lot with uh, getting a pair of these boots and man, I appreciate it so much, but I'm five months in on these things and they haven't had easy use. I've covered them in mud. I've been down over the top of them in muddy water. Um, I've, I've got them wet. I've got them dry. I've got stuff all over them. And, uh, guys, I just stick them in the bathtub scrub them down, wash them out to where the leather doesn't, to where water runs through and nice and clear. Then let them dry on a boot dryer. And then I'll take some Neats foot oil and brush over them and soak it into the leather. And guys, these things look brand new still. They're developing a patina. I mean, it was rough out leather. So you got the rough side on the outside, but they're developing a patina, but I really don't have any damage to them. So I'm really impressed they look, besides the patina, they look about like they did when I first got them. When I shine them, you know, when I wash them and I oil them, they look like they're brand new. So, and let me tell you a story. When I was working as a Ford diesel mechanic, I always bought red um, redback boots from Matco. They're an Australian brand. They were great boots for the, for the job. They didn't slip in the oil and other fluids on the concrete floors they held up well i went back into landscaping they did not hold up well at all those things fell apart fast so i called my matco dealer i said hey man these boots you know they, they kind of fell apart on me he's like oh man bring them back to me I'll, I'll give you another pair so i went i got my other pair and uh guess what about three months later they were falling apart and he's like, man, I'm fixing to go to the tool show. So let me talk to the Redback wet rep when I'm there and see what he says. So he goes, he tells him that he warranted this pair out for me. And uh, man's like, man, that doesn't sound right at all. Let's get him another pair. And uh, my Matco rep said, yeah, you know, the dude's a great dude. He was one of my mechanics before, but he went back into landscaping. The, the rep stopped him right there and said, hold on, wait, what? He did what? Yeah, he went back into landscaping. I can't warranty those. I can't warranty against those conditions. Really? <laughs> so that'll tell you something right there that, you know, one, that was kind of horrible of the company to do that. But two, also, they recognize and understand the landscape and irrigation industry is terrible on boots. You heard it there in the beginning of this podcast in the intro, and it's the truth. 
it is rough on boots. You're always side scraping dirt back into holes. You're flexing them hard. You're getting them wet and dry, wet and dry, wet and dry all day long. Most of the time you're not taking time to wash them and oil them and take care of them like that. And so it's, it is bad on boots, but these have held up well. I've been very, very, very impressed with them. Now I'm lacing them up with iron laces. If you guys haven't checked out iron laces yet, you're crazy. If uh, you're out there in an industry and you're wearing lace-up boots and such or whatever, guys, $15 for a pair of laces might sound a little high, but these will be the last laces you'll ever buy. You can burn them, and they don't burn. Uh, the Dirt Monkey on YouTube actually pulled an F-250 by another with another F-250, connected them with a pair of iron laces, and they held. It didn't pull a, it didn't pull a loader but about five foot, but they took a torch and tried to burn them and all that. And they held up. They're like am steel, but, uh, guys, man, these, these laces are fantastic. They don't stretch throughout the day. They stay as tight as you put them. At, when you get home in the evening, they're the same tension as they were when you put them on in the morning. So big deal right there. Um, if your foot swells up through the, through the afternoon, you're gonna have to take a moment Undo your boots, relace them, because I guarantee you these things aren't going to stretch and be ready for, <laughs> for your boot to swell up throughout the day like a pair of leather laces would. So, But that's pretty much my work EDC for both cases. Um, oh, no, move up to the shirt pocket up there. I forgot about that. I carry a right-in-the-rain pin. Every once in a while, I'll throw my Streamlight uh, Stylus Pro in as my flashlight for the day, and that's going to ride in the shirt pocket. But I've got a... Uh, spikes edc check those guys out as well i've got a milwaukee spike that i carry uh not just not really for self-defense but mainly its task is to poke the reset button on the back of controllers irrigation controllers that's pretty much all i ever use that thing for and then um with that i also carry a county com titanium screwdriver I am loving that screwdriver. It was kind of expensive. I think I paid somewhere around fifty dollars for this flash for this uh, screwdriver, but it is solid titanium and it does a great job. Uh, um, obviously, it's uh, rust resistant and it's constantly getting wet and all. I've got to find me some rust resistant bits to go inside it because my bits are getting kind of rusty. But um, it's not too hard. Just unscrew the top, swap out the bit, and uh, go on. Uh, so great, great, great pocket screwdriver. And then I carry a right-in-the-rain pin. Now, a right-in-the-rain pin, that's going to depend on just kind of how I'm feeling with it and how it's going throughout the day. But uh, I've got several different ones that I carry. Uh, either it's that uh, brass bamboo looking one or just a standard right in the rain click pin or if it's a uh, the plastic right in the rain pin I, I've got a green one that my boys gave me one time that so either one of those three I'm going to carry um, but yeah going down to my left wrist I've got a Garmin Phoenix 3HR I really 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 enjoy that Garmin watch it is a fantastic watch 
Battery lasts about all week long. It does everything I need it to do, including trails. I can track trails on it and such. So I don't really see any need to change or upgrade. Um, it does just fine as it is. My Bluetooth is the uh, <clears throat> Shox OpenCom. It's got that noise canceling mic on it. It's bone conduction. Battery lasts me all day long listening to podcasts and music and such. And I can be on the mower and talk on the cell phone at the same time. They are amazing. I highly recommend y'all look into these bone conduction headsets. Great, great, great headsets. And then I've also got that uh, Samsung S23 Ultra phone. That's doing extremely well for me. I really enjoyed having that one too. So that pretty much does it for my work EDC. All right, so what's it look like for my dress EDC? Believe it or not, the back pockets pretty much stay the same. Um, there's really no change at all in the back pockets, the right pocket. Um, the pocket knives are kind of going to stay the same. Every once in a while in the place of the fixed blade, you're going to find a, um, a leather sheath there for a buck 110. I didn't mention this earlier in my work EDC. Kind of forgot about it, to tell you the truth. But sometimes in my right pocket, I do carry a pocket fixed blade. Um, that was a Bradford G Necker and L max, uh, since traded that one off, but I do have a white river backpacker M one that I will carry there. And, uh, that kind of serves my, my knives serve three different purposes. If I carry that small fixed blade like that, that's generally going to be my food blade or my like real precise cut when I need like a razor sharp blade. My fixed blade is going to be for the trash deals. I'm going to use it as a spade for digging around, you know, like popping dirt out and digging around pipes and valves and sprinkler heads and things like that. That's going to be my trash blade. And then my pocket knife is going to fill the gap in between. Um, when it comes to my dress and casual EDC, my pocket knife is going to be the main cutter. Every once in a while, depending on the situation in the uh, venue, I'm going to slip one of those pocket um, fixed blades in there, and then that's going to fill the same role. That's going to be my food knife, etc. Um, sometimes I will carry my Tribute Surge, my Stainless Steel Surge, but most of the time when I go out, it's going to be a SOG Power Pint, or it's going to be a Leatherman Signal CX with the carbon fiber and the 154 CM blade. Uh, straight blade, by the way. None of my knives, none of my knives are serrated. I don't have combi blades besides on my multi-tools multi and they never get used. I don't have combi blades. I don't have serrations. I don't have any of that junk. It is a waste of a perfectly good piece of steel to take a beautiful fine edge and to notch big chunks into it. I have never in all my times of using a knife ever found a situation where a decently sharp fine edge did not outperform a dull serrated knife any serrated knife for that matter of fact but especially 
you, you, that 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 seems to be the number one argument everyone uses. Either it's for rope, or it's if my knife is dull, the serrations still cut. Why is your knife dull? Learn how to sharpen a knife. You don't have to go out and spend several hundred dollars on a sharpening system. You can spend less than thirty dollars and get a workshop field sharpener and do an amazing job at putting an edge on your knife. Learn how to learn how to hone your knife blade. Don't resort to these chunks taken out of your blade to do the job for you. Now, I cut a lot of rope, especially when I was a landscaper and we'd plant some ball and burlap trees, and you got to cut those gigantic straps off of them, and they're covered in dirt and mud, and they're nasty. Guess what? I've never seen the time when I thought, man, I wish I had a serrated blade. Never has happened. Never has happened. The last serrated blade I got, I thought, man, I'm going to try it. I'm going to give it one more shot. And I bought my first Gerber strong arm with the, with the serrated blade. You know, it wasn't long before I took a 60 grit ceramic belt on my one by 30 belt sander. And I made that knife a fine edge. It was not long before those serrations were gone. So none of my knives are serrated, the ones that I use. Anyway, that was a rabbit trail and a half. Let's get back to the EDC for casual. Every once in a while, I'll slip a Leatherman Micra into my pocket just uh, so I have some scissors on me, um, especially if we're going to go out to eat or something like that. It's always useful to have them for cutting down the boys' straws when their uh, kids' cups come with the straws too tall. <laughs> That's one example of how you can use that thing, but... Uh, it's always nice to have a good pair of scissors on you for uh, various reasons. So that's going to be there. And my pin is going to be the tactile turn slimline brass with a um, right in the rain insert in that pin. And I have a nicer right in the rain pad that I'll carry for dress. I have a citizen dive watch that I wear um, oftentimes for dress uh, occasions, dress and uh, casual occasions. And that's pretty much it. Pretty much it. My coin's going to be in there. My patch is going to be in there. And every once in a while, the lighter is going to be in there. Um, so that's that's kind of it, really. I don't really carry much else. Besides that, now in both situations, um, I do have a Warrior Poet Society ankle kit. That is my on-body medical. In that, it comes with a Cat Seven tourniquet and a pair of NAR North American Rescue trauma shears. Both of those came out because they sat up too high and it was uh, kind of bulky. I replaced the Cat 7 tourniquet with a SWAT T tourniquet just because it was lower profile. I, I took out the emergency trauma dressing that came in it. And like I said, that uh, SWAT T tourniquet got put in there in its place because I can use that as a pressure bandage as well as use it as a tourniquet. Self-application on the arms is going to be next to impossible. But um, I feel a lot better just having that there with me. I have 
three Cat 7s on my trauma kit at, at the ready in my truck. So those are there. I have a full trauma kit in the truck. This is just on my ankle. This is just to have the bare necessities with me. I also have an emergency blanket in there. I've got a nasal pharynger airway and an MP28F, MPA28F. Um, that's got the lubricant as well. Uh, let's see. I've got uh, some hyphen vented chest seals, the mini. I've got a pair of those. I've got a Leatherman Raptor in there for the trauma shears. Uh, I said I had an emergency blanket. I got that. Um, I got a lockpick set in there and I've got some gloves and some various sizes of band-aids. I think that's all that's in there. Yes, that's all that's in there. It's hard to remember sometimes because I don't pull it out that much besides every once in a while to make sure everything's there and make sure everything's good. Most of the time it just gets slapped around the ankle and covered up by the, by the pants and that's it. But that's going to be on me wherever I go. If it's not on me, then it's in my bag that I carry with me. Um, when I go to church, I usually have a bag to carry my Bible, my tablet, my laptop, outline book, outline outline book, whatever, bottle of water, some uh, over-the-counter meds, etc. And if I don't have that ankle kit on me, that ankle kit goes in that bag. When it comes to a firearm, I do not carry a firearm at work. I know a lot of people think that's strange. I know a lot of people look at me and think, if everything you carry on you, you don't carry a gun on you. No, I don't. There is no holster concealable inside the waistband holster that is comfortable enough to not dig in, no matter what gun I'm carrying, when I'm on the job. Not to mention, I'm also on people's property, on private property. And I just don't want to deal with a homeowner being uncomfortable with me carrying a gun on their property, their property. This is not public. This is private property. They are the homeowner. Their wishes are law. I don't have to work for them, obviously. But you know what? That's just stupid to uh, insist that I should carry a gun no matter what. No, this is their property. I'm going to respect it. I'm not even going to take a chance to offend them. Um, I have no need for it. I do have a pistol that is in the truck. Um, that is a, uh, that's there mainly for snakes. Honestly, it's a heritage barkeep, two and three quarter inch, 22 Magnum loaded, uh, alternating CCI, uh, rat shot and spear gold dot. So that's primarily a snake pistol, but that is sitting there in the truck at the ready. Um, close range, it's good enough. But when I'm out and about, and, and generally, if it here, here's the deal. If it's just me, I care less. Take my truck, take my tools, take everything, you know? It's not worth it. I'm not going to pull a gun. On anything like that, take it. It's insured. You know what? It's not worth the hassle. Go for it. If you want my 95 Ranger, <laughs> go for it. <laughs> but if I'm responsible for someone else, my family, my congregation, whatever, I'm going to have a firearm, firearm on me. My uh, choice right now is SIG, either a SIG P320. It's got a TLR7 light on it. I carry that in a tier one concealment 
holster AIWB, or I'm carrying a SIG P365X with a Holosun 507K topping it, and I carry that in a Filster Enigma Express holster. Now, that Filster Enigma Express, that's where it's at, guys. That's where it's at. You got to check that holster out. I absolutely love it. It makes tucking in around a gun extremely handy. I love that the tension and what's holding the gun is its own belt that goes around body. It is not depending uh, dependent upon whatever pants I'm wearing at the time. It is strictly just strapped to me, and then my clothing goes over the top of it. So I love that thing. Check it out. And I think that's pretty much it. Um, as far as my work, casual, and dress EDC goes. Now, next section here. How do I choose what I carry? How do I determine what's going to stay and what's going to go? I purposely left off my Maxpedition Micro Kit. I mentioned it earlier, but I purchased purposely left it off to this point here. I no longer carry my Maxpedition Micro. It doesn't fit with my EDC right now. I mentioned earlier that I've got that Skint Trailblazer that's coming, and I'm hoping to move the contents over into that. But as of right now, it doesn't fit my EDC. And honestly, some of the stuff that's in there, I just don't really need anymore. Uh, it's been so long since I've carried it and really opened it and such, I would even have a hard time telling you what all is in there. I know there's a six-inch blade for my Surge, Linux blade. I know there's a Vital Carry um, spring-loaded uh, pocket driver. I know there's a Leatherman bit extender. I know there's a Leatherman Croc. I know there's a Leatherman saw and file in there. A magnetic pickup tool, a carpenter's pencil. Beyond that, kind of lost. Titanium toothpick, etc. So some of those things that get moved over to the Trailblazer, other things are going to get dropped off and forgotten. Um, why? You know, I, I, I was big on that Maxpedition Micro Kit back when I was landscaping. And doing lawn maintenance and such, I used that thing constantly. I was always pulling it out, doing a repair on this equipment or doing this or doing that. Constantly pulling that thing out. Now, I don't even miss it. See, what I do is I pay attention to the items that I use on a day-to-day -day basis. And I'll kind of keep a mental note of how many times I use that in a week. If I haven't touched it in two weeks... Let's see. Um, let's say let's take that Leatherman Croc for example. I have it in the Maxpedition Micro because every once in a while it was handy to have, but uh, I did have that in my old Skint Solution sheath. That Leatherman Croc, I never touched that thing. Same thing. Oh, here's an even better example: the Leatherman Crunch, the Vice Grips. I've had three pair of those, I think, and I've gotten rid of every single pair of them. I never use them. Never use them. They sat in the Maxpedition Micro Kit untouched. I can count on one hand the time I have used those three pair of crunches. 
It's not something I'm going to use. So if I don't use it, but just a handful of times in two weeks, it's going to go in the Maxpedition Micro or it's going to go in the EDC bag. If I've used it within those two weeks, it'll end up in one of those two places. If I haven't touched it but once or twice in two weeks, that might be something I just leave in the truck and I walk back to the truck for. Or I, don't, I just, you know, I, I, find, I find another way to do it. But if in those two weeks I'm using something constantly, always grabbing for it, I'm always reaching for it, I'm always using it, that's how it's going to find its way into my EDC. Unless I can, <clears throat> in those two weeks, if I haven't touched it, bye-bye. It's out of there. I have too many other things to carry to worry about carrying something because it's flashy, which I do carry my Maxpedition gear, uh, not Maxpedition, my Mad Dog EDC gear, just because that's me, okay? I am Mad Dog EDC. I want to have my commemorative coin there. I want to have that patch there. But uh, everything else, if I haven't used it, sayonara. So what about my favorite brands? Right now, my favorite brands are Leatherman, Gerber. That's a little strange to hear someone say, I know, is their favorite brand. But the Gerber Strongarm, man, it's it's hard to beat. I love that knife. Oh, I love that knife. It, it's, uh, ah, it's tough. I've tried to break it. I haven't been able to break it. And I've tried to break it. Guys, I have pried 80-pound concrete wall blocks into place with this knife. I have used this knife to pull up valve, uh, no, water meter box covers. I'm talking the heavy metal iron ones that sit in the concrete box. I have used that knife to pry those things open, and I have unsuccessfully tried to break this knife. I've got a video on YouTube showing me, showing how hard it is to even just cut the handle off of the thing. That's a solid knife. And I really like the MP600. I had one for a while before I really got into Leatherman's brand. And I sold it, and I seriously regretted selling it. So here recently, I picked up that bladeless MP600, and I am ever so glad to have the thing back. It is a solid, easy, good multi-tool. Gerber is stepping it up, guys. This is not the Gerber from 10 years ago when it was all that Bear Grylls junk. Gerber is stepping up their products. Don't sleep on them. So, Leatherman, Gerber is there. Tesseract Tactical. Guys, I cannot say enough about the Tesseract Tactical knives, especially that NF1, code MADDOG25, MADDOG being uh, fully capitalized. The letter, the number is 25. will save you $25 on it at tesseracttactical.com. Check out that NF1. Don't sleep on this knife. Greg did an amazing job designing this knife. I am really happy that we have been able to be connected through uh, Mr. Kyle Benoit, or Benoit, or however you say his last name. I am really glad that we have been connected together now, and... Uh, I really, really enjoy picking that engineer's brain. The man is an engineering genius. I love the knife that he designed. 
it has become one of my favorite knives. And the vision that he had for that knife is just absolutely amazing. The things that he thought of when he put into that knife, just the angle of the blade and the angle of the handle, the way that the G10 is concord or, or conquered. The way that the G10 is formed, I cannot word tonight. Anyway, the way the G10 is formed and shaped in order to just mold right into your hand, the ergonomics are amazing. The way that they designed the... Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the way that they designed the reversible pocket clip to make it either a left hand or a right hand, but have yet no empty screw holes in the knife. It's just, it's amazing blade. S35VN it holds up extremely well. The only time I've had any type of chipping is when I was being stupid with the knife and trying to break it. But just the day-to-day -day use that I normally put a knife through, nah, you're not going to get it. You're not going to see it. It is a solid, solid knife. So Tesseract Tactical definitely deserves a place in my uh, favorite EDC brand. And then you guys know my affinity for Maxpedition bags and packs. You just can't beat a good old Maxpedition. Uh, whether you're traveling to overseas, whether you're going out in the woods, whether you're the EDC, whatever the case, you just can't beat a good old Maxpedition. I love how rugged they are. I love how hardy they are. I, I love the the water resistant not necessarily waterproof but water resistant nature of the bags um i feel like i'm cheating on it a little bit because i just got that 511 moab in to try out for my edc bag um, i was using the maxpedition tactical attache uh up until just uh this morning this last night and this morning i finished swapping those things out that was a great bag but i, I i'm wanting something a little different so my brother-in-law now has that tactical attache i gave it to him this morning to be able to try to use his stuff and then then i gotta mention core essentials got to mention core essentials because these guys have been uber patient with me these guys have been amazing they're one of the they are the first major brand that uh took a chance and backed me and i cannot say thank you enough to those guys um, they have every single time I have messaged them and talked to them, they have been Johnny on the spot with the answers. They, um, I, I messaged them about a battle belt that I wanted to convert into an EMS belt. And, uh, I just was asking questions about it and they were like, Hey, why don't we just send you one? Why don't we just send you one to try it out and see how it goes? They're amazing. So just the relationship that I've been able to have with those guys. I love my core belts. And not only that, but like we talked about earlier, they hold up. How can you not like a belt that holds up? And I'm not just talking about holding up your pants. I'm talking about holding up to everything that I put it through. I love me some core belts. You know, they, they have won a forever spot in my rotation. I love core belts. So, <clears throat> That's kind of my favorite brands. Now let's uh, go on to my favorite pieces. Um, well, let's just move right, keep carried right along with that there. Of course, the core belt is going to be on there, but you know, the strong arm is going to be there. Uh, you know, that Leatherman Surge, hashtag Surge is king. I'm sure I drove the Leatherman tool user group nuts with that hashtag, but that's me. You know, I, I think I am the original one that started it. And, uh, yeah, Surge is king. You just can't beat that multi-tool. 
we're going to do some podcast episodes on it and uh, I'll tell you exactly why I like it. But the Spyderco smock, usually not a Spyderco fan. Uh, those that know me know I call them a uh, Cadillac Cutco. It's about all they are. Um, not a fan of Spyderco, but boy, howdy, does that, spot, does that smock speak to me. Love that knife. Very, very well built. Very solid knife. I do want to get my hands on a Shimon. Um, I just had that Krucarta. Um, Spyderco Krucarta. And while I like that compression lock, I did not like that knife. So I'm really excited to get my hands on that Shimon and see how it goes for me. Um, hopefully I'll be able to pick up one of those soon. But anyway, of course, the NF1 we talked about earlier um, by Tesseract Tactical. Again, this one knife that you guys have got to check out. Maybe we can convince Greg to get on the on the on a podcast episode and talk to us about it and, and the way he designed it and everything and what he put into it. Of course, my Mad Dog gear, uh, my swag that uh, Hank I've got, the coin I've got, the uh, the patches. I do have some Mad Dog EDC RE patches that are coming. It's the first time y'all are hearing about this on the. Um, this hasn't even been announced on the YouTube or in the group. This is the first time it's being talked about publicly. Mad Dog RE patches are coming. So um, be, be on the lookout for that. But that's kind of my favorite pieces that I've got right now. So as far as my current EDC that I'm carrying right now, of course, my Maxpedition wallet, my Mad Dog EDC Hank. I've got my back pocket loaded out the way it's supposed to be like we talked about earlier my streamlight wedge my nf1 tesseract tactical and uh my leatherman uh topo designs and i do have the crazy skeletal on me right now that uh topo design skeletal so not my um not my cx that i would normally carry um I went a little wild tonight with that. And, of course, my watch and my open comms and my cell phones while I'm carrying coffee. Just uh, <clears throat> two tablespoons of Black uh, black Rifle Blackbeard's Delight in the Keurig. Made with uh, some Italian sweet cream creamer in there. By Coffee Mate only. Not that International House Delight stuff. That stuff is nasty. Uh, just the Coffee Mate one. <clears throat> so nothing fancy on that. Now, to uh, close out this episode. Okay, so maybe not close out this episode because I do have some closing thoughts I want to talk about. But uh, that one segment I promised that was going to be kind of fun. I came across this. Gideon's Tactical on YouTube did this, and I thought it was, I thought it was well done. Um, it was the EDC restart, I think is what he called it. But basically, the thing was he lost – it was a hypothetical situation. He's lost everything, and he has to completely restart his everyday carry. What is he going to carry? What's he going to replace all of his knives with? What's he going to – what multi-tools is he going to get? How, how's he going to go about it? What's it going to be? So I thought it would be fun to do this on the podcast. And what I might do is uh, I might continue this on when I have different guests on and uh, just kind of – Keep it down to maybe like five categories. Want to see your your cutting, um, well, uh, uh, your uh, your folder, your fixed, your fix it, 
as far as your multi-tool goes, what light are you going to carry, etc. So we'll come up with a couple categories, and I think I'm going to keep this one in there for other guests. Instead of doing something like a EDC lightning round, this would be a cool thing to do for that. So shout out to Gideon's Tactical for the idea. I appreciate that very much, and hopefully you don't get upset if I'm stealing it. <laughs> so my EDC restart, what's it going to be? Two of my favorite knives are the Spyderco Smock and the Tesseract Tactical NF1. I love them. They're built like tanks. They carry so well in the pocket. I like them a lot. But they're not going to be my first choice to restart my EDC with. It's kind of shocking because they are my favorite knives. But my favorite knife, the one I'm going to go for, is going to be the Cold Steel AD-15. S35VN, it's got a scorpion lock. It is a tank of a knife. It is a beast of a knife. It is big. It is blocky. It is rough in the pocket. It's not as ergonomic as the others, but it's tough. It will hold up to what the other ones will not hold up to. I haven't found what the other ones won't hold up to yet, so I don't really know what that is, but I know that this one will hold up to it. <laughs> it is a fantastic blade. Once you get used to that scorpion lock, it's extremely easy to just lift that bar and flick that knife open, and she's good to go. And the same thing for closing it up. So it's a very solid knife. It's heavy. It's got a thick blade. It sharpens up quick it stays sharp long and it's a beast how could i not choose the cold steel ad15 to replace my folders with that's going to be my folder choice now i really like the fixed blade that i'm testing out right now that i'm kind of running i really like that blade it is a solid chopper it sharpens up well it holds its edge very well it's a great camp knife my goodness, it's a good camp knife. It's got a great spine on it. It's got a 90-degree spine for striking some ferro rods. But <clears throat> I'm going to have to go with the Gerber. I'm going to have to give it to the strong arm on this. Uh, availability, durability. Now, I haven't found something that this other one hasn't handled yet. But I do know the Gerber can hold up to anything that I have put it through yet. And I put it through some stupid things. So... I know the Gerber's durable. The Gerber stays decently sharp for a while. Now, I do have to touch it up more often than what I do the other one, but it does stay sharp for a while. And it's more versatile. It's a thinner blade profile. Um, it doesn't have as big of a belly in it. There, there's a lot more that I can do on the job site with that than I can with the other one. So for me, it's going to have to go to the Gerber strong arm. The um, Obviously, a pocket fixed blade... I would probably go back to the Bradford G-Necker on that, but I would not get the clip point. I would get the reverse Tanto point on that, almost like the Cleaver style, really, um, more than a reverse Tanto, almost more like the Cleaver style. I would get that over getting the other. Um, <clears throat> watch, I would probably, at that point, upgrade my Phoenix watch. I would probably go to like the uh, 6 or 7. Um <clears throat> rather than going back to the three. Um, I'm definitely getting my open comms back. 
that's a hundred percent. My Mac, my wallet is, <clears throat> I don't really know about the wallet. I really want to try some of those card wallets that are out now, the real slim, low profile wallets. I really want to try those, but I haven't done it yet. I haven't pulled the trigger on it yet. <clears throat> Excuse me. I need to get the core wallet and see how that is. But, um, so that's probably what I would do is try one of those before I did anything else. Um, that or just go back with this Maxpedition micro wallet. Obviously, Core Belt is going to be there. And for the multi-tool, it's going to be the Surge. You can't beat the Surge. So I'm going to have to go right back to that. I probably would not go straight away to an Akubra hat. I would probably go to the Red um, Wing not red wing, um, redhead hat that I have from Cabela's Bass Pro. Um, it's a, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, it's almost like a, I don't really know how to say it. It's a water resistant, nice floppy hat that's got this little thing that'll fold down, rolls down and protects the back of your neck from the sun. And it's a good floppy hat. It's breathable. It does the job well. And it's got a wide brim to keep the sun off you. So I think I would go with that first before I did anything else. And then obviously my Knicks are going to come back in, uh, back into play after that. So that would be my EDC restart. Tell me what you think about my choices. Um, let's have some discussion. Come on over to the Facebook group and let's talk about it. Tell me what you think about all my choices here and everything we've talked about in this so far. So <clears throat> real quick, and this one will fill, finish out the episode. How do you choose your EDC? What things do you like? And uh, why did you choose the things that you're carrying now? I didn't get into my EDC bag. I'm already up over an hour. I'm not going to go into that. That'll be another another podcast and another time. But uh, EDC, as you can see, is something that is fluid. Even for me, I've got three different EDC categories. I've got my work. I've got my secondary work. And then I've got my EDC casual or EDC dress, which they're basically the same. So even for me, with as much thought and as much energy and as much money and time as I have put into in developing my EDC and making it work for me, even for me, that EDC is fluid throughout the different scenarios and situations that I'm going to find myself in that I anticipate myself in being in. So... It's not something that I can say, look, you need this knife, you need this category, you need this, you need this, 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 and I give you this big checklist of EDC things, and you got to check off every single one of those, otherwise you're not going to make it in EDC. No, that's not it at all. <clears throat> my EDC is completely different than what my wife's EDC is. A uh, sheriff officer is going to have a different EDC kit from a firefighter. Firefighter is going to have a different EDC from military personnel. The military personnel is going to have a dis different EDC to the mail carrier. The mail carrier is going to have a different EDC to the guy that's working the uh, the cash register when I'm purchasing my McDonald's. I mean, it's just on and on and on. EDC is different for each and every person. So how can you develop your EDC? I'd like to suggest to you to write down, whether it's on your phone, whether it's actually on a piece of paper, However you like to take notes for yourself throughout the day, and you should be taking notes for yourself throughout the day. However you like to take those notes, write down whenever you use something. 
oh, I used a pair of scissors for this. Oh, I used a knife for this. Oh, I used this. I used that. And just write down, write down the things that you could have had on you, but you didn't have on you. And pay attention to how many times that happens within a week, within two weeks. Pay attention to those things. Chart those things. And then off of that information, you can build an EDC that is going to be effective for your line of work. You'll know that, oh, I wouldn't use that that much. I wouldn't use that at all. I wouldn't, or I would, I would use that every single day. Oh, I needed that and I didn't have it. And that, you know, that occurred the last three days. I've needed this tool and I didn't have it. And I kept having to walk all the way across over there to go get it. You know, when I'm working beside my truck now as an as a uh, irrigation tech, usually my truck's within a couple steps. Used to not be the case when I was landscaping and lawn maintenance, <clears throat> especially when we were doing like Bass Pro, which we take care of the Bass Pro shops in our town. If we were doing that, you know, I could be way I could be four parking lots away from my truck, so I definitely needed to have things on me to be able to work on what I had in, on hand. To be able to save that time, it's completely different for me now. So, if you pay attention to your usage, chart that usage, pay attention to the things that you think, you know, I should have this on me, you know, I should be carrying this, you know, it wouldn't be hard for me to slip this into my EDC. Pay attention to those times, and you too can build an EDC kit or an EDC loadout that's going to work for you. And that's the most important thing is that it works for you. Not just it brings you pleasure. That's not what I'm talking about, but it actually works. It actually accomplishes the tasks that you need it to. Pay attention to what you got to do. Flip back in your life. Check those things out. Then you can know, hey, I'm ready to go. Hey, I've got my ADC figured out. Now, it's not going to stay figured out. It's always going to change. Somebody's going to come out with something. You're going to find something new. You're going to find this. You're going to find that. It's going to change. But you know the parameters. You now know what you need as far as a multi-tool goes. You know now what you need as far as a pocket knife goes, as far as a fixed plate goes, as far as medical goes, as far as this, as far as that. You know what's going to be important for you. So I enjoyed talking with you about my EDC. I can talk about this forever. Um, it's one of the reasons why I decided to start this podcast. I love talking about EDC, so let's make these conversations happen. Now, what I've talked about here, this is kind of going to be the model when I interview the uh, the hard workers that are out there, the guys that are, and gals that are getting things done with their tools. They're getting them dirty down in the grit and grime. So this is kind of going to be the uh, format for that. Some of the cha- Some of the questions may vary here and there, but otherwise that's pretty much going to be it. So look forward to being with you on the next one. Thank y'all so much for joining Mad Dog Out. Thanks for stopping by the porch. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Mad Dog EDC. Thanks for the conversation. Thanks for the fun. Y'all stay safe. It's Carrie every day. Mad Dog out.